Hey there, future fans! This week, the light drives us crazy, we get another reboot, and the F in friend now stands for Fjord. This is the week of October 18th, 2019, and this is episode 153 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Finally. everyone welcome back to the show it has been two weeks since you heard me last and i do apologize for that i know i said that i believe it was this week or was it next week i was gonna what was the week i was gonna miss but that all kind of went to sh- uh, my wife suffered a loss in her family so that week obviously we didn't do an episode and then the next week were those wonderful california power outages due to the distended anuses at PG&E. Because you know, when your company is not maintaining power lines, and that's what caused those huge fires last year, and the campfire alone killed 85 people and burned 153,000 acres, injuring 12 others and 5 firefighters in the process. So just that one fire of the two or three, I think there were. So when it's 100% your company's fault, And then in 2019, you try and give your CEO's bonuses, million dollar bonuses. What better thing to do than to shut off power to all of your customers who have no other choice? If they want power, they have to go to you. What better idea is there to, instead of fixing shit, just, uh, you know, turning off the power saying, hey, it's for your safety. Because we are the definition of corrupt. And, you know, a quick note to one of our very loyal listeners, a good friend, Brian Q. Since you did like the book, The Time Traveler's Wife, I would never have recommended the movie to you. I still haven't seen it, but I heard that it didn't really do a good job of portraying the book. And I think that's really the case for a lot of a lot of things. Like, if you really like the book, I don't think you should go see the movie. Because guess what? It's not going to hold up. But interestingly enough, I believe that if you hated the book... Maybe you should watch the movie. Like I said before, I hated the book Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. I love the movie, though. It's on my top 10 list of movies. Okay, maybe top 15 or top 20. I I don't know. It 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 always changes. So you know what? You never know. Anyway, people, welcome back to the show. If you are tuning in for the first time, thank you very much. And you know what? If an ad on another show brought you here like the Watch Your Mouth podcast or We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa, let me know. Just go, hey, I heard your ad on another show. I thought I would come by and give it a listen, and I welcome you. I welcome you to the show. Because you know what, my future friends, you will not find two of the main things or three of the main things from the other two podcasts that uh, that play my ad, you know, outside of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, that is. I bleep out my swear words, unlike the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and I don't have any Tinder talk, and I avoid politics on this show, unlike We're Doing Fine. That's why I'm glad I have those shows to turn to. It's just satisfying listening to a whole bunch of swearing, and then satisfying listening to 
a show where they do just talk about all of their opinions. And if that sounds sarcastic, it's not meant to be. I would like a show where I would talk about my opinions, but I, I don't like this show to be that because guess what? I talk about movies. And I think movies are something that can bring us together, not separate us. So I'm not going to try and do anything to push any people away. Okay, that's a lie. I am very opinionated when it comes to movies. Weird that a guy with his own podcast about movies gets opinionated about them. Hmm. Hmm. So my future fans, I am sorry that this is a Friday episode, but as you can put together from the fact that we had a, or my wife had a loss in her family, you know, my family too. She's not here right now. She's out of the country. So I have no one to make me stay on task because I'll just start show notes. I'm like, but I could be playing Smash Brothers Ultimate. Starting show notes, but I could be watching Kim's Convenience or I could be doing anything else. I love doing the show. I love this show and I'm glad that I have so many people that want to listen to it, but I'm such a lazy piece of sh. But anyway, let me tell you what this show is about in case you're new. So if you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you do stick around. But if you know what? If you don't, thanks for just giving it a try. I do appreciate it, but I think I have a lot to offer here. So on this show, we do quite a few things. We open with some general rambling, which you've already heard. And then we jump into the first segment, which is always the news. That is any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. And then we go into the trailer trove. That's any new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. In cases like this one, where I have missed two weeks, I just do the past week. Unless something huge came out. And maybe not even then, because it just gets too overwhelming and the show gets super long. In these segments, I talk about any news stories and trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. And if ever I miss something that you think I should talk about, just let me know in the comments. You can tweet me. You can comment on a picture on Instagram. Message me on Instagram. Message me on SoundCloud. There are a plethora, a plethora of ways to get in contact with me. And I will go over all of those at the end of the show. So after the news and the trailers, we go into the movies, which are in two categories. Those categories are the limited releases. And the next is the wide releases in interesting indies. In the limited release section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it. And then it stops there. In the wide releases in interesting indie section, we go a little further. I give you my thoughts on the movie. And then I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score a.k.a. the Bill score, which isn't always sung, but sometimes it is. I'm Asian. I I have to, you know, karaoke's in my blood. We then wrap the whole show up with a question of the week, and then I pass you along to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, and also the friends of the shows, Watch Your Mouth, and We're Doing Fine. So my future friends, without further ado, let us step into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. This first story comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. It's kind of a no-duh story, but I just thought it was interesting that Kevin Smith said, or gave his opinion, which I think is actually truth, on why DC TV shows do better than their movies. And he says that's because they have a longer time to tell their story, and that somewhere in the movie... They fail to tell the good story, whereas over a 22-episode run of a season of a show, they can tell a full and satisfying story. Long story short, apparently DC needs to get their heads out of their asses when they're making movies. It looks like they've made good strides recently. Wonder Woman was good. I'm looking forward to the next Wonder Woman. Aquaman was sure better than a lot of people thought it was going to be. Shazam was amazing. Let's just keep this upward momentum going. 
In sad news, actor Robert Forrester has passed away at the age of 78. He was in movies like Jackie Brown. In news from Sci-Fi Wire, Brie Larson and her fellow MCU heroines have approached Kevin, and I'm still not sure how to pronounce his last name, Feig is just what I'm going to say. They approached him about an all-female Avengers movie, and yeah, sure, I'll take it. Great. Give me more. Get, just give me more. That's what I want. We had two other deaths. About 10 days ago, Gene Stapleton died, who was in the show All in the Family, and then Rip Taylor died. The King of Confetti himself passed away. In a story from NME, Sam Raimi teases that a new Evil Dead movie is in the works, which is set to be produced, so far set to be produced, by Bruce Campbell. So while Bruce Campbell may be walking away from the role of Ash, it does not mean he will no longer have his fingers in the series. Of course, all of you have heard about the Spider-Man deal since since the last episode, so we all know that. We, we all know that, right? That Spider-Man's back in the MCU for two more movies, one standalone film and one of him being just in another Marvel film. Apparently, some fans have added actor Zac Efron to a poster of Guardians of the Galaxy 3, a fan-made poster, of course, having him as Adam Warlock, this reported by Cinema Blend. And you know what? I'm down. I think he looks apart. I think that Zac Efron is a much, much better actor than people give him credit for. Maybe when he was younger and still kind of a bitch, I, I think that would have been the bad choice then, but Zac Efron now could do it. In a story from Entertainment Weekly, that's not really news, it's just cute. And, you know, with all the bad news in the world today, I just wanted to share something that make you smile. You should look up this picture. It's of Natalie Portman freaking out after receiving a signed copy of The Babysitter's Club number one. Oh, no, no, number 20. Because apparently she was a huge fan of the books when she was a kid, read them all, and just seeing someone freak out over something like that just makes me happy. Just, it, just their happiness, I guess, is contagious especially a rich celebrity, someone who genu generally gets what they want, is, is not wanting for anything, like they probably get the newest phone that comes out, be it Samsung, Apple, Google, whatever it is, they get it the minute it comes out, they can get a new car once it comes out, and they'll just be like, awesome, this is nice, but seeing someone freak out like this and just so happy, it's, it's just cool. In this story from Inverse, if you haven't already heard, Jonah Hill passed on the role in the Batman, in the, in the Matt Reeves movie, Batman. It's still unclear what role he was up to. A lot of people think it was the Penguin. Some people think it was the Riddler. I just think people are thinking it's the Penguin because he's a larger guy. I think he would have made a great Riddler. He would have made a great lot of characters. But now we know one other actor added to the mix, and that's Paul Dano as Riddler. And now the question is, what the f***? Because this Riddler's name is Edward Nashton, not Edward Nigma. Because we all know, we all know that Bat one of Batman's greatest nemesis is Nemesi? Nemeses? Whatever. One of Batman's greatest villains is the Riddler. I mean, the best Joker, obviously, but, but Riddler's really up there. But we all know that Riddler's name has always been goofy as f We know that he's been Edward Nigma. Huh, Enigma. Like, like, this article from, what's it called again? Inverse even explains a joke. Yes, people from Inverse. Jake Kleinman. We get the f***ing joke. If someone doesn't get the f***ing joke by this point, I don't think they'd be reading your article just because I'm not sure if they could read. As in, they're a wee little child. We also, oh, I didn't report on that because that was recently too. I'm sorry. Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman, and I like this. I like this a lot better than some of the other women they were suggesting for Catwoman. All of the women I've seen suggested so far were people of color. This is nothing new. We've had two other Catwomen of color. We have Eartha Kitt, and we had Halle Berry. But some of the people, they were they were saying that, oh, she could play 
Catwoman. I'm like, I, I think you're just picking her because she's slender and black. But Zoe Kravitz, I think, is a good choice. Apparently, in another story from Entertainment Weekly, Seinfeld star, or former Seinfeld star, since the show's been off the air forever, Jason Alexander would like to play Penguin in The Batman. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Let's f***ing do it. Danny DeVito was an amazing Penguin. The guy that got to be the Penguin in Gotham is really good at it. I think Jason Alexander could do it too. In the story from Uproxx, apparently the script for Love and Thunder, or Thor Love and Thunder, has been completed, though Taika Waititi isn't sure what Thor's weight will be in the movie. There are actually quite a few stories about this one. One of them from Sci-Fi Wire and a, I can't find the other one, but you, oh, too many people are talking about this because it doesn't matter. Do you want to keep Thor fat? Okay. Do you want him thin again? Okay. It doesn't f***ing matter. Because especially in Love and Thunder, it's going to be Jane taking up the helm of Thor, or the hammer in his case. And also because he's a f***ing superhero. If he wanted to suddenly be thin, I don't think you'd have to explain it too much. Maybe he did some super Asgardian fitness regime that got him super thin in a couple months. Whatever. It's so easy to explain that I don't think we should be talking about this. And I think the person who should say if he wants him fat or not should be Taika Waititi because he's directing and writing the f***ing thing. And I'm not going to talk much about these... You know, you, you've heard about Martin Scorsese talking about how Marvel movies aren't cinema. And you had Jennifer Aniston, of all people, talking about how it's ruining movies. And fucking Jennifer Aniston has no place to talk. Once she makes a worthwhile contribution to movies, then she could talk. Once she can place someone that's not just a different flavor of Rachel from Friends, then she can talk. But even if she was, even if she was some Academy Award winning artistic actress who gives a f what any of these people think because here's the thing is it cinema yes it's a movie now if you want to try and explain how it's not cinema for some douchebag thesis for your theater class or your history of movies class or whatever kind of class some douche would take then that's fine if you want to talk about it philosophically but literally it's a movie and if martin scorsese and jennifer aniston and anyone else doesn't like them okay the fact that the last avengers movie was the highest grossing movie of all time says that there's something going on good with it so whatever you know I i'm just browsing for if any new stories dropped between when i when i saved all these other ones and i sometimes i'm so curious as to who thought something was a good idea so someone named Afia Augustine from Sci-Fi Wire wrote an article that says fan casting older men for the role of the Little Mermaid's Eric needs to stop. And I read the article and she really doesn't have a good argument because it's fan casting. If someone wants to say, I want Humphrey Bogart to play Eric in The Little Mermaid, he or she can f***ing say whatever the f*** they want. She's arguing that no, it's wrong, it's creepy because they're like, they're having someone want to play uh, Eric who's like, 38 or 40 oh no some nobody fan some random ass person out there in the world wants this oh no is this really what we're forced to do now for clicks write some stupid fucking op-ed you know sometimes i want to meet some of these reporters and just go why why did you write this did you really want to write this or were your editors pushing you to write some new content who knows maybe that person who wrote that dumbass article didn't even want to I, I don't know i can't judge yet well ladies and gentlemen that's it for the news of course i missed a lot over two weeks and i knowingly skipped some some stories that did come out in the two weeks i missed but if you 
do think there's something I really should have talked about if you really want to hear my opinion on something, or maybe you just want to hear me swear some more, or just those little beeps some more, then just let me know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us jump into our first break. As we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, we are back. We are back with everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Troll. Well, let's talk about a TV show first. I know I don't talk about TV shows a lot unless it really interests me. And this is for a a, uh, a show coming to HBO called The Outsider. This is based on the book by Stephen King. And my God, did I enjoy that book. And I'm wondering if they're going to change some of it for for the show just because it's not a spoiler because they they tell you in the premise for the book but it's about this this kid this little kid gets raped and murdered and his body is found and people have seen a beloved man in the community pick him pick up the kid after his chi- uh, his bike chain broke and then drive off in a van there's all this proof that this beloved person from the community who teaches little league is the one who killed him, but there's also tremendous evidence that he didn't kill him. So what is going on? And that's what this is about. It stars Jason Bateman, and it comes to HBO this January. Next up, we have the trailer for The Jungle Cruise. Once again, Disney is giving the movie treatment to one of their rides. Because remember, folks, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie was completely made up, and then they changed the ride to suit it. I mean, no complaints. Even though I'm not a huge Johnny Depp fan anymore, I, I did like the first three movies. I thought it was a solid trilogy. I never saw the fourth one. Or are there five now? I, I don't know. But I think it's interesting what they're doing with their properties. They have all these famous rides. And a lot of them are already based on things. We had the long-forgotten Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Was that what it's called? And then they change it into Cars World or some bullshit. Which I I get and I don't get. I get the fact that they want to revamp the rides to make kids interested. Like, oh, I want to go to Cars Land and ride in the most mediocre of Pixar's properties. That sounds like a great idea. Uh, But seriously, I I get why they change it to keep it current. But at the same time, come on. I think kids will like the old stuff just as much because it's the same ride. Anyway, the Jungle Cruise looks interesting. It really does. I'm just curious about The Rock. I really like The Rock. I think you can put him in anything and Dwayne Johnson would just sell it and I think he's guaranteed box office gold, but it looks like if he's really in a bad spy comedy and they're doing a very bad job of hiding him. He's a massive man and his outfit looks stupid, but it has Emily Blunt and has Dwayne Johnson, two of my favorite actors of our current time. So I'm excited. Emily Blunt, Dwayne Johnson, Jesse Plemons, Jack Whitehall, Paul Giamatti. Coming to a theater near you, 
July 24th, 2020. It makes me really sad that I will be 37 when this film comes out. You know, I, I see an old person walking around with aches and pains. I just look at them. I go, I get it. I know. I am old as well. Fellow old person, though I cannot get AARP benefits, but you can, so good job. Next up, folks, we have the second trailer for The King's Man, which is The Kingsman 3, or I think technically a Kingsman prequel, since it takes place in the days of Rasputin and World War One. And you know what freaks me out? Time. Time freaks me out. Do you know why it freaks me out? Because I, I knew when Rasputin died. I mean, I didn't know the exact date and year, but I knew it was early, early 20th century. I knew that World War I was early 20th century. Uh, to be exact, it's July 28th, 1914 to November 11th, 1918, and Rasputin died in 1916, but I still never put it together that Rasputin and World War I were at the same time. Because when I think of Rasputin, I think of old Russia, and I think of, um the movie Anastasia, and I think of the Romanovs and shit like that, forgetting it was the same time, because it just, my, my mind is a weird place, and God help you if you ever find yourself there. But why do I bring up Rasputin? Because he is the big bad guy in this movie. This movie is about the birth of the Kingsmen. Originally, when this movie was in production, we thought it was going to be about the first person to be a Kingsman. We thought that or reports said that it was going to be about the person who became, became the first King's Man, but from what we can tell in the trailer, trailer one and trailer two, is that the King's Man is already established by the time this new young guy joins. The young man who is the new inductee is Harris Dickinson. Uh, Ralph Fiennes, Gemma Arterton is already part of it, along with the legendary Jimin Honsu. And that's a movie right there. I already want a movie with Ralph Fiennes and Jimin Honsu being badasses together. That is what I want. But I am still looking forward to this movie. Reese Iffens plays Rasputin. This also has Stanley Tucci in an unknown role. Aaron Taylor Johnson's also in this. Charles Dance. Tom Hollander. Not to be confused with Tom Holland, but Tom Hollander's also in this. And it, it looks good. It looks like what I expected. It has the same Kingsman style that you know from the first two movies, but this time it takes place in the early 20th century. And it's still written and directed by Matthew Vaughn. And it has some fantastic actors in it. Like, just, just look at that. Look at uh, Ralph Fiennes, Stanley Tucci, Jimin Honsu, Charles Dance, Aaron Taylor Johnson. If you're watching an awards show... I wouldn't be surprised if all of them were up for the same award. And I like the fact that there's a woman in the group too, because even though it's early 20th century, it kind of shows that, oh, we're the Kingsmen. We're already smarter than the rest of the world. We know women can be badass too. Here she is. You also see a scene of Ralph Fiennes fighting a woman, showing equality in its truest form. Bad guy, man, or woman needs to be punched in the face. This actually comes out on Valentine's Day. Will I be going on Valentine's Day to see this? No. No, I'm already planning Valentine's Day. And, um, oh, Anne doesn't listen anymore. She has me in real life. I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm thinking of a little trip. So future warning, the week of February 14th, I don't think there will be an episode. Okay, I, I just gotta talk about this next movie. It's already out. It came out uh, two months ago, and I didn't even know it came out. I just want to talk about it because I was oddly interested by this by the trailer and from the looks of the star i would think that i would not be interested in this at all the movie's called airplane mode and i guess it stars logan paul logan paul who is to social media and youtube that crack cocaine is to pharmaceuticals and i'm most impressed by the poster because it's an obvious rip on ripper riff 
obvious riff. I think that's how you say it. Obvious riff on the on the poster for Airplane. But if you know any teenagers, uh, you know any teenage girls, they might want to watch this because it has a bunch of YouTubers in this. The Paul Brothers, David Dobrik, Casey Neistat, Amanda Cerny, and uh, other people. It, it just made me laugh. Well, next up in the trove, my friends, we have a movie called Judy and Punch. This stars Mia Wasikowska, who you, who you would know as Alice in the newer Alice in Wonderland's movie. She was also in Crimson Peak. And Damon Harriman, who's a TV actor. I think the biggest show he's been in was Justified. And if you watch this trailer, you will notice that it takes a sharp turn. It starts out looking like a kind of goofy period comedy where we have these two people, we have Judy and we have Punch, who are touring puppeteers. Punch is the main guy. He's the, or he, he says he's the brains behind it, but I think Judy is a big part of it too. And you see jokes about stoning witches and old-timey jokes and things like that. But then all of a sudden, it takes a really dark turn and Punch gets drunk and their baby goes missing. She then yells at him and he tries to murder her, I guess? And then reports it as a crime and she comes to in this weird village and wants to get revenge on him now. But it's still mainly billed as a comedy. Like, oh, how funny, a woman getting bludgeoned and her baby going missing. Oh, that's hilarious. It's like it was written for Chris Brown himself. This is amazing. But then you see more of the puppet show and it seems to imply spousal abuse and maybe even spousal rape or marital rape. I'm, I, I don't get it. I, I, I really don't. I don't see where this is going. Because my friends, if this is a dark comedy, it is super dark. It is darker than the inside of a giant's anus at midnight. But if it's not that dark, then the trailer did a terrible job of showing that. Right now, 100% skip this when it comes out November 15th. Next up, my future friends, we have the trailer for Doolittle. This is the Robert Downey Jr. version of Doolittle. And, and first I want to say I'm really impressed. I didn't see any backlash about them casting a white person as Dr. Doolittle. Because A, not only does the does the race of a character not really matter, as you've heard me say many times before, but Dr. Doolittle had would been originally white, and then they cast Eddie Murphy, and I liked those movies, I really did. Then they did Eddie Murphy, and now it's back to a white dude. And if this movie is good, it proves once again how unimportant race is. But this first trailer opens up that says, from the producers of Alice in Wonderland and Maleficent. Like, that's not really selling this, is it? They didn't work on anything better? Well, anyway, th this trailer did impress me because it makes me want to see it and I have no idea what the f*** it's about. Obviously, it's about Dr. Doolittle. Duh. But somehow he's, or some reason, he's going on a journey and there are people chasing him, trying to attack him. What's going on? No one knows because what this trailer did was it built up the want to see it. It, it showed... Robert Downey Jr., which in many cases, all you have to do, hey, Robert Downey Jr.'s in this movie. F yeah, I'm in. Unlike Johnny Depp, I'm not sick of him yet. Well, anyway, this has a huge cast. Not only does it have Robert Downey Jr., but, but in person, not a voice. It has Michael Sheen. It has Antonio Banderas. And I think that might be it, actually, for the in-person people. But voices, we have Tom Holland. We have Rami Malek. We have Emma Thompson. Ralph Fiennes, Marianne Cotier, Camille Nanjiani, uh, Selena Gomez, John Cena, Carmine Jogo, Octavia Spencer, Craig Robinson. That is a hell of a cast. And there were spots during the trailer where the CG looked iffy, but it looks passable. 
And it's especially impressive as this is coming to us from a non-Disney studio. Because if you remember, I'm very forgiving of bad CG depending on who does it. If it's like some low-budget film, some indie film with a bunch of nobodies behind it, then I will be a lot more forgiving than I would if a Disney film comes out, if a Marvel film comes out, and I see shoddy CG. That's why I was so angry with a lot of the Transformers movies until I stopped watching them, because I was like, this is bad. Anyway, I don't know much about the plot. Not a lot of people do. But all we need to know is this comes out January 17th, 2020. And maybe finally in the trailer trove, I have to do one more search to make sure that's it, but we have Holiday in the Wild, which is a Netflix Christmas movie coming out November 1st, because why the f*** not? I mean, seriously, even Netflix? Come on, guys, at least December 1st. I expect better of you. Either way, I don't have much to say about it because it looks cute and it looks like if you're in the mood for holiday movies and you have Netflix, there's no reason not to watch this if you're marathoning a bunch of movies. It has Kristen Davis, who in my opinion was the best character from Sex and the City because Carrie was the worst and the blonde slut was terrible too. Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon were the only reason to watch the show. So it has Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe. And it's about this woman who goes on what's supposed to be a second honeymoon to Africa, but her husband breaks up with her, divorces her right before the trip. So now she's in Africa. She meets Rob Lowe, who just happens to be the pilot on what was supposed to be a couple's safari plane ride or something. And then she meets a bunch of people at an animal or elephant orphanage because when those garbage poachers kill a mother elephant, the baby elephant's still there, and they fall in love. Duh. It just looks cute. It doesn't look bad. If this was in the theater, I would tell you to skip this 100%. Don't even think more about this. But the fact that it's on Netflix really does add a lot. The fact that if you are like me and Anne, we watch a shit ton of Christmas movies. We have a huge list, and we're always looking for something new. Hell, we watched the Grumpy Cat Christmas movie one year. Well, last year, which was our first Christmas together. But anyway, I know we'll be watching this one. And if you're anything like us, why not? Worst case scenario, you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is horrible. Let's turn it off and watch something else. And you wasted nothing but a little bit of time. That comes out November 1st, but let's all pretend it comes out December 1st instead. All right, we do have some new trailers. We have the second trailer, because I guess I missed the first one for Marriage Story. And I am f***ing blown away because Scarlett Johansson is in this and she has emotions. I was impressed. I saw her face move when she acted. This is amazing. I knew she still had it in her. This stars Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver as a couple that you can tell that there's still some love between them, but too much something has happened. Or maybe the good, the love can't outweigh the other stuff, so they're getting a divorce. And this is about that. And we also have Laura Dern, Alan Alda, and Ray Liotta in it. And this is one of those casts where I should just tell you the cast. And you're like, yeah, sold. But we have a very human-sounding movie or human-looking movie here with these people that are getting a divorce. It doesn't look like they particularly hate each other. And I know there's a lot of divorces where they do. I'm not saying this isn't, those aren't real. But I'm saying that this is something that you don't really see a lot in movies. You don't see the the couple getting divorced that it seems like, no, they don't really want to, but they don't think there's any other options. And I don't think this is going to be the type of movie where they get back together and they find their love and, oh, it's going to be happy. I think this is going to be sad. 
But I think it's going to show that we're going to we're going to have this movie where people can get divorced, still care about their child, still care about each other. And even though they're broken, even though they're sad, even though they're not they're, they don't know what the future is going to bring, they do it as humanly, as humanely as possible. So I think this looks very interesting. Obviously, Netflix is hoping that this gets something for award season because this is getting a theatrical release on, let me see, theatrical release on November 6th, coming to Netflix on December 6th. And that's what I love about Netflix. When their movies do hit theaters, you never have to wait long. And that is it for the trailer trove. My friends, let us take another break as we hear word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. We'll be right back. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, we are back with the limited releases, so let's not waste a moment and jump right into it with the first film of the week called Unlikely. This is set in the cities of Akron, Atlanta, Boston, and Los Angeles. This film investigates America's college dropout crisis through the lives of students navigating the broken higher education system. This is a documentary featuring hater of freedom LeBron James, as well as Howard Schultz. Next up, we have a film called Cyrano, My Love. December 1897. Paris. Edmund Rostand is not yet 30, but already two children and a lot of anxieties? Oh, I see. Okay, this is probably written by someone who doesn't know English very well. Okay, let me start over. December 1897. Paris. Edmund Rostand is not yet 30, but already two children and a lot of anxieties. He has not written anything for two years. In desperation, he offers the great Constant Coughlin, a new play in verse for the holidays, a play he has not yet written. This is a French movie, and and I'm guessing the person who wrote the... The description for this movie doesn't speak English very well, but, you know, good good job. You didn't do bad. Better than I could have done writing a synopsis in French, so good job. Next up is a movie that has two titles. I found the trailer only by searching its second name, Prescience, but also under the name Intuitions. It can, it can be found on other websites, so who the f*** knows? A criminal attorney struggles with his sexuality. A cryptic new boyfriend unemployment, and the disturbing childhood secrets his parents hold. This stars Eric Roberts from The Dark Knight and Linda Gray from Dallas. Next up, we have a documentary called The Elephant Queen. Athena is a mother who will do everything in her power to protect her herd when they are forced to leave the waterhole. This epic journey, narrated by Chiwetel Ejiofor, takes audiences across the African savanna and into the heart of an elephant family. Oh, heart emoji. A tale of love, lost, and coming home. Look, I love me some documentaries. Y'all know this. I love me some nature documentaries to be specific. I will watch the f*** out of a nature documentary, but I hate it when they try and, and put a story to it. I get it. They're trying to humanize these animals to make them more important to us. So maybe we want to protect them more. I can get that. 
But if you remember when when Disney was starting Disney Nature again, because Disney has done documentaries for a long time, but when Disney Nature was becoming a thing, they had taken a lot of footage from BBC. And they had spliced a whole bunch of scenes together that had nothing to do with each other to, to form some bullshit stories about like three families struggling to survive. No, they're not. I mean, okay, yeah, well, maybe they are, but this narrative you're trying to put around this documentary is bullshit. So no, don't do this. Just show me a f***ing documentary about elephants. I will watch it. Next up, we have a film called Trick. A no-nonsense detective tries to track down a serial killer named Trick who terrorizes a small town every Halloween. This stars Omar Epps from House, Jamie Kennedy from Scream, Tom Atkins from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and Ellie Adir from Homeland, or El Adir from Homeland. And th- this almost made it to the next segment just because it's how ha- it's almost Halloween time, but it just looks too bad. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a film called By the Grace of God. Three men, friends of childhood, will cross, compare their personal experiences, and question their life of couple, family, and professional. What? What the fuck? Oh, another French film. Why is this happening this week? I've never had problems this bad before with a movie from another country. Because usually they get someone who knows English to write the goddamn synopsises. So, you know, I'll tell you all you need to know about this movie. So on IMDb, you will know, or maybe you know, maybe you don't know, that when you look at a movie, when you look at a movie's page, down the ways on the page will be keywords. So it... So, you know, when you search a keyword, it will know if that movie should pop up or not. The first keyword for this movie is pedophilia. So let's play a game of no thanks where I turn the f*** away from this movie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us take our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that goddamn jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, we are back. We are back with a film in the wide release and interesting indies section called Greener Grass. Suburban soccer moms find themselves constantly competing against each other in their personal lives as their kids settle their differences on the field. So the weird thing about this synopsis is that it really doesn't cover anything. If you watch the trailer, it's super weird, but oh, I didn't tell you who's in it. This stars Darcy Carden from The Good Place, but Darcy is spelled D-apostrophe-A-R-C-Y, so I guess it's D-A-R-C-Y. Dot Marie Jones from Glee, Neil Casey from Ghostbusters, the 2016 version, Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live, Julian Hillard from The Haunting of Hill House, and Lauren Adams from The Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, and so, so this movie is super weird, and I don't know, I just don't know where they got this 
synopsis from because it's so much more than that. There's so from the trailer, one of the soccer mom's kids falls into the pool and comes out a golden retriever. And they're just like, okay, I guess you're a golden retriever now. And the whole rest of the world just goes along with it. Then they're at one of the soccer games and one of the soccer moms has a brand new baby. And another mom says, well, that's the cutest baby ever. And so the mother of the baby goes, do you want her? And she's like, are you sure? He's like, yes. And just gives the baby away, even though she doesn't want to, but she just does. So she tries to get the baby back, which takes part in a different scene and is told no. She says, well, it doesn't hurt to ask. And she's like, well, it did. It hurt me to ask. And then the uh, husbands are making out with their wives, but then they look up and go, oh, wrong husband and wife combo. So they all switch. Oh, ho, ho. This is so like every day. It's like, what the f*** is going on? And there were two very apt lines of text in the trailer. The first compared this to Wes Anderson if he decided to direct an episode of Black Mirror. And the second was David Lynch if he was directing an episode of Desperate Housewives. And that's perfect. I think the Wes Anderson one's a little better. Wes Anderson directing Black Mirror sounds a little more accurate than David Lynch and Desperate Housewives. But if you're familiar with those directors and those shows at all, it should give you an idea of what to expect. Just something really weird. And the weird in this movie is super normal, that no one's even going to question it. Oh, honey, I gave our baby away. Okay, whatever. And then the woman who gave her baby away, who has the son that's a dog, all of a sudden, like, takes her own braces out and is driving around with her mouth bleeding. It's, I, 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 I don't get it, but I think it could also be really funny. This has potential, but it could also be so bad. And that's why I'm talking about it first in this section, just because... The potential to be funny is there, but it could also be really sh**. That's why I'm being cautious and giving Greener Grass a 5 out of 11. Next up, we have a documentary that, just like Greener Grass, seems really weird, but could also be super good, and just like Greener Grass, super shit. This is called Serendipity. Serendipity began as a book published on the occasion of Prune Norsey's solo show at the Gwemet National Asian Art Museum in Paris in 2017. So it's about this modern artist. And you know modern artists, they do crazy sh**. And then she finds out she has breast cancer, which, you know, is really shitty. And so she's going through the breast cancer and then also making art about it, which is super fucking weird. The art, that is, not the fact that she's making art. You know, I understand it. You're going through something really tragic or really not tragic, hopefully. You're going through, through something really difficult. And you want to express it through art. And the art she makes is true, like, high modern art. Where you're like, okay, I can see. I can see that that's cool. So this could be a very cool, very artsy, very modern documentary. And it could also just be artsy bullshit. Serendipity, just like Greener Grass, is a 5 out of 11. Next up, folks, let's talk about a film called The Captain. This is based off the real-life incident in May 2018 when the cockpit windshield of a Sichuan Airlines flight shattered while the plane was flying at 30,000 feet. This is a Chinese movie, and it looks like the Chinese answer to Sully, and it looks pretty good. The question with this one, as always, do you want to track down a foreign film? Because guess what? They don't play everywhere. And with the global political climate as it is, do you want to watch a movie from China? The Captain gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie called Wounds. Disturbing and mysterious things begin to happen to a bartender in New Orleans after he picks up a phone left behind at his bar. 
This stars Army Hammer from The Man from Uncle, Zazie Beats from Deadpool 2, Dakota Johnson from Need for Speed, and Brad William Henke from Orange is the New Black. So this is the first of two, the first of two Netflix movies this week. And I think it's very interesting that Netflix got a such a good cast, Army Hammer and Zazie Beats. Amazing. And you got them to do what seems like a very basic horror movie. I'm even more impressed. I want to watch this. I do. It's coming up Halloween time. So why not have a scary movie come out this week? Makes sense, right? Makes a lot more sense than a bunch of Conjuring movies coming out sometime in, in the early in the year, like January, February, March. Uh, what year? What, 2018 was it? Insidious, The Last Key or something? Insidious 3 came out. No, Insidious 4. Insidious 4 came out in January. Like, what the actual fuck? So at the very least, we have a scary movie coming out in October. Good f***ing job on that one, Netflix. You may have shit the bed with the other film, with your Christmas film coming out, but hey, good job with this. Other than that, it looks very basic. The only reason this made it into this section, the only reason is that it is Netflix and that you can see it the minute it comes out from the comfort of your own home that has a lot to do with it. Because even though it has two people I like in it quite a bit, it doesn't look that interesting. Its interest level and its effect on the bill score is only because of Netflix. Wounds gets a 5 out of 11. Ladies and gentlemen, the next film will sound familiar, and if you listen to the last episode, you'll know why. The next movie in the wide release and interesting indie section is called The Laundromat. A widow investigates an insurance fraud chasing leads to a pair of Panama City law partners exploiting the world's financial system. This stars Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada, Gary Oldman from Darkest Hour, Antonio Banderas from The Mask of Zorro, James Cromwell from Babe, Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct, Matthias Schoenarts from The Danish Girl, Jeffrey Wright from Broken Flowers, Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Will Forte from Nebraska, Chris Parnell from Walk Hard, Melissa Rauch from Big Bang Theory, David Schwimmer from Friends, and Rosalind Chow from the Joy Luck Club. That's right, in episode 153, two weeks ago, this was the pick of the week. Well, why are we talking about it again? Fantastic question, glad you asked. Here's the answer, because now it's hitting Netflix. So just like The Irishman and that movie we were talking about earlier from Netflix, that's getting a release date in theaters a month before it's Netflix release date. Netflix is releasing The Laundromat in theaters so it can be up for awards, up for Oscars to be exact, because it could still win Emmys because Netflix, if it just hits Netflix and never hits a theater, would be considered TV movie. But the fact that it hits theaters makes it eligible for Oscars, no matter how hard crusty old bastards like Steven Spielberg try to stop it. Why isn't this the pick of the week again? Well, because we already had it as a pick of the week, and I still think this looks like a good movie, a great movie, in fact. But there are other movies coming out this week that also seem worth it. And hey, Laundromat has had its time in the spotlight on future flicks. I think this looks hilarious. I still haven't seen it, but I'm going to see it this week. The Laundromat still gets a 9 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a film called Miss Virginia. A struggling inner-city mother sacrifices everything to give her son a good education. Unwilling to allow him to stay in a dangerous school, she launches a movement that could save his future and that of thousands like him. This stars Uzo Aduba from Orange is the New Black, Niles Fitch from This Is Us, 
Matthew Modine from Full Metal Jacket, Adina Porter from True Blood, Vanessa Williams from Eraser, and Amira Vaughn from How to Get Away with Murder. And my God, you know, I'm not a fan of Orange is the New Black. I found it too cringy. It wasn't that interesting to me. But I didn't know that the woman who plays Crazy Eyes can look this good. And I'm not like saying visually like, oh, she can clean up well. No, this she looks amazing in this movie. Like there's not even a little hint of her Orange is the New Black character here. And I know that's acting, right? But things like this always stand out more when you know someone from one thing, from just one thing. You don't know anything else they've done. And then suddenly they do something that seems like night and day from another character. Maybe if I was more versed in her, maybe I wouldn't be so surprised. Who knows? But this looks like a good movie and looks like a true representation of a real struggle. Let's face it, schools in America are not equal. If schools in America were equal, movies like Dangerous Minds and The Substitute would not exist. We wouldn't have movies about teachers going to like poor, run-down schools and teaching kids that they can learn too. So this movie is about this mother who's concerned for her kid because he's getting a lot of fights because people are just trying to jump his ass. He doesn't see a bright future for himself, so he's starting to get into drug dealing. And I think that's a very important story to tell because it's not like drug dealers, when they're kids, people people go to uh, career day and they learn all about what their, what their parents and their fellow students' parents do. And then they have to write a paper on what they want to be when they grow up. And, and someone writes, a drug dealer. I think that would be fantastic. I can see myself rising to the top. I think there's a lot of room for advancement in that field. And maybe one day I can go back to college and study pimping. Repeat after me, class. Bitch better have my money. I have to study my notes. The first one is always free. No, people turn to shit like this because they have no other fucking option. You know what's disgusting is that we still in this modern world, have teachers that have to buy school supplies using their own money. We have drives. We, we, we have um, funding drives to get money for school supplies. We shouldn't have to fucking do that. It shouldn't be up to you and me and parents and teachers to get f***ing school supplies. So this movie is about a woman who looks at this and goes, huh, I don't think this is right. Maybe, maybe my son should be able to go to a better school. Hmm. And everyone was like, oh, that's brilliant. We've never thought of that before. And she was applauded. No, it wasn't that easy. People fought her the whole way because, because, I guess, you want a better life for your son and you want him to learn something in school? Go f*** yourself, you poor bitch, is what I'm guessing Matthew Modine's character says. And I know earlier in the show I talked about how I, how I don't talk about politics because I don't think this is a political issue because I think both sides are failing us on this one. The last two presidents came from both parties and had two terms each and still f***ed. That being said, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> I go through all that shit just to say this. And here's why. Because I think this movie would piss me off. I think I would get so angry watching this. Watching these people fight against her. Going, why the fuck are you fighting against her? Why does she even have to fight for this? Shouldn't she just have to stand up and go, hey, maybe, maybe my son shouldn't be going to a shitty school. Maybe we should change this stuff and everyone should go, yes, you are right. Let us shower you with praise because you are right. We have been wrong all this time, but no, that's not how it works. Because our government is full of garbage human beings on both sides. And things aren't fair, especially if you're a person of color. Because what, Felicity Huff Huffman's rich ass got 14 days in prison for that shit? 
but a black mother got five years. True, it was reduced to like two, three weeks, but originally got five years for lying to where her son lived so her son could go to a better school. No, that's why I can't watch movies like this, because... It would be easier to swallow, I think, if it be a if it was a partisan thing that we you could sit back and go, oh yeah, it's the other side, f them, f the other side, f the Republicans, fuck the Democrats, f the other side. But with this one, it's like no one has done. Sh so if you want to see Crazy Eyes from Orange Is the New Black in a very dramatic role, and you want to see a movie that could potentially make you as angry as I just was, this is for you. Miss Virginia gets a seven out of eleven. Next up, folks, we have a movie called Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Maleficent and her goddaughter Aurora begin to question the complex family ties that bind them as they are pulled in different directions by impending nuptials, unexpected allies, and dark new forces at play. This stars Angelina Jolie from Hackers, Elle Fanning from Teen Spirit, Michelle Pfeiffer from Stardust, Sam Riley from Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Chiwetel Ejiofor from Serenity, and you know, lesser things like Doctor Strange or 12 Years a Slave, Ed Scrine from Deadpool, Juno Temple from Horns, and Imelda Stranton, Staunton from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And poor Imelda Staunton. I will never not look at her and just have the knee-jerk reaction to punch her in the face. She was so good as Dolores Umbridge. Look at this. We have a huge blockbuster, well, blockbuster, sarcastic air quotes, movie, a whole huge Disney movie that's so far down the list. There are one, two, three, four other movies coming out this week. Why is it so far down the list? Well, I don't give two flying f**ks about this film. I never saw the first Maleficent. And, and not a single fucking person that I talked to that saw the first one said anything that made me want to see it. Angelina Jolie is a good actress. Her cheekbones are good at it too. But I just don't care. And the trailers for this movie didn't do a goddamn thing to make me want to see it. And I would think that I should want to see this movie because it's a movie based around one of the most evil characters in the original Disney cartoon movies universe. Hell, she's one of the main bad guys in the Kingdom Hearts series. It has a great cast. But nope, I, I, I just don't care. You know what? You know how they can make me interested in this if they did more? If they did one for Ursula? If they did one for the other big Disney villains? I know Cruella is supposed to be coming out next year, but once they have more, once they start doing a, a series of these, they don't even have to be connected. Then I will be a lot more interested because then, because then maybe I'll watch Cruella and go, oh, hey, that wasn't that bad. Maybe Maleficent is, isn't that bad either. But as for now, I do not care. Maleficent Mistress of Evil gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, my future friends, is a movie called Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. That's right, it's this far down the list. Jay and Silent Bob return to Hollywood to stop a reboot of Blunt Man and Chronic from getting made. This stars Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith as, well, Jay and Silent Bob. Also stars Matt Damon and Ben Affleck from Dogma, Chris Hemsworth from Thor Ragnarok, Rosario Dawson from Rent, Val Kilmer from Batman Forever, Joe Manganiello from True Blood, Shannon Elizabeth from 13 Ghosts, James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek, Jason Lee from Chasing Amy, Justin Long from Jeepers Creepers, and comedian Kate Micucci. I really thought when, when I heard this movie 
was announced and then I saw more about it, I really thought this would be a pick of the week because it's a it's a Kevin Smith movie, which, you know, a lot of us like, especially those born in the 80s and early 90s. We have a soft spot for Kevin Smith movies, and it's bringing back two beloved characters, Jane, Jane, Silent Bob, and we are getting all this all these other great people in this cast. But there are three other movies I would rather see coming out this week before Jay and Silent Bob the reboot. Like, if I wait until it comes out on DVD and I buy it, or if I wait until it hits streaming and I watch it then, I don't think I will have missed out. That being said, this is a really good week for movies because the last four movies, including the pick of the week, the last four movies look good. Hell, Maleficent doesn't even doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look that interesting. Miss Virginia looked okay. The laundromat's hitting Netflix. This is a good week for movies. But Jay and Silent Bob, the reboot, I don't know what I can say because you already know if you're going to see this. If you have seen all the other Kevin Smith movies, if you are a fan of Jay and Silent Bob, then you are going to see this film. If you have never seen one before, guess what? Don't f***ing start with this one because there will probably be so many references that you would miss. So I think it would be much better if you haven't seen any of these movies before to watch all the rest of them. And by that time, this will have come out on DVD or streaming. And then you can watch this and enjoy it because I don't think this is going to have anything that would make the theater 100% worth it. That being said, if you ignore my pick of the week and you don't even like the next, the other two movies that are coming out and you see this instead, you're not wrong. Well, oh, okay, true. You're, you're never wrong. I, it's your opinion versus mine, whatever. But in my eyes, in my oh-so-humble and perfect eyes, I think this movie would be just as good. Jay and Silent Bob gets a 8.5 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a film called The Lighthouse, the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. This stars Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man and Robert Pattinson from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And yeah, I'll see this. I'm going to see this. With this movie, okay, let's be honest, with Jay Jay and Silent Bob reboot as well, it's not a question of if, but when. I think this looks really good. All reports coming in from critics and real actual human beings say that this is Willem Dafoe's best movie yet. They also say that Robert Pattinson's good. Newsflash, Robert Pattinson's good at his job. Also, newsflash, Willem Dafoe is great. As if we needed a reminder, but it's good that he, every once in a while, chooses a role that makes us go, oh yeah, he's really good, and then he can go back and do goofy stuff. I'm still holding my breath for Boondock Saints 3. I would like to see him again in that. But this is the kind of movie that you can go to see, and then later you can brag about it. Going, oh, did you see The Lighthouse? I saw The Lighthouse. I thought it was quite good. It's black and white, you know. As your nose goes even further into the air. I've been impressed since the second trailer for this movie. The first trailer didn't do much for me. I have to be honest, it really didn't. But from the second trailer on, I was then impressed, and I wanted to see this. You had me at Willem Dafoe. Throwing Robert Pattinson into the mix is just sprinkles on the ice cream. I think think this looks like a well-acted and well-shot movie. Uh, the plot is kind of weird for me because we have Robert Pattinson joining Willem Dafoe on this lighthouse. Willem Dafoe's previous partner went, hey, f*** this shit, I'm a bounce. So Robert Pattinson shows up and goes, hey, I'm here to do this with you. And then Willem Dafoe's like, well, I'm crazy. 
and you're going to be crazy too because crazy shit happens. Is this place haunted? Is it just a mind game because we're on this isolated little rock in the middle of the sea? Is it also because no one in the history of ever has ever said the words, you know who's really sane? Lighthouse Keepers. But I do think, unlike Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, I think this movie would serve well in the theaters just for the experience of seeing it on the big screen, something black and white, something that's going to be more immersive. And something that was shot for black and white. Not like Logan, where they're like, oh, hey, we, we release this movie that people actually like. How about we do black and white? And I see why they did black and white, because it kind of adds to this feeling of isolation. So it's not just some douchey choice by the director going, I know there's color, but how about black and white? No, I actually understand the reasoning for black and white in this one. So yeah, this looks interesting. I want to see it. I will see this, but I will see the other two movies coming out this week first. The Lighthouse gets a 9 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have Zombieland Double Tap. That's how good this week for movies is, people. I've been excited for Zombieland Double Tap, or, you know, Zombieland 2, since Zombieland 1 came out, and it's not even my pick of the week. All right, let's move on. Zombieland Double Tap. Columbus, Tallahassee, Wichita, and Little Rock move to the American heartland as they face off against evolved zombies, fellow survivors, and the growing pains of the snarky makeshift family. This stars Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, and Bill Murray from the first movie. New to the cast is Zoe Deutsch from Before I Fall, Rosario Dawson in her second movie this week, Rosario Dawson from Rent, Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters, Luke Wilson from Idiocracy, Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley, and Rachel Luttrell from Stargate Atlantis, the show that gave us Jason Momoa. Alright, do I even have to say much about this movie? Because just like Jay and Silent Bob, you, you kind of know if you want to see this already. This one has been advertised as f okay? I have seen trailers on the TV. I have seen trailers before YouTube videos. I've seen, I've seen banner ads on websites. I've heard them talking about it on the radio. They are selling this shit everywhere. Oddly, they're selling it better than Maleficent was selling. But that being said, if you, just like with the Jay and Silent Blob reboot, did, did I say Silent Blob? Whatever, I'm going to keep it in. Just like with Jay and Silent Bob reboot, if you haven't seen the first movie, if you haven't seen the first Zombieland, there's no reason to see this one. If you didn't like Zombieland, you won't like this one. I mean, more than likely. Because the good news is, for those of us who did like it, this looks like more of the same. So yay, team. By the way, I'm looking at the clock right now, and I'm sorry that this is going to be a mid-Friday release. What I really like about this story is that it's more of the same, but in a believable way. It's not just like, oh, we're going to do the same thing one more time. It's very believable. So they're still in this world. They've been surviving. And they've been getting along as, like the, like the premise says, a makeshift family, but Abigail Breslin's character is a woman now. Or at least a young woman. I don't know how old she is. Let's see. Oh, she's 23. Wow. Hmm. Well, with someone that looks as young as her, she could actually be 23 in the movie, or she could be late teens. And I'm thinking she's late teens in the movie because she's going through this... Like, she's going through a phase. She meets this other survivor who's just some hippie, and she's, like, following him, and she leaves the family, and they have to go searching for her or something. So we get more of the same. We get more of this cast we like doing the stuff they do. But the plot is something that's 100% believable. 
that is assuming you believe the zombie part. Or at least you ignore the zombie part as far as believability goes. Or you can look at it this way. Regardless, f*** the plot, we're gonna watch a zombie comedy. Yay! So if you are the type that needs a plot, it looks like this film got you covered. If you don't need a plot and you're just happy for zombie comedy goodness, you win as well. This Everyone wins in this. People who don't want to see it win because they already know they will have no interest in this. Everyone wins with Zombieland Double Tap. And I cannot wait. Though if I get one choice, if I can only watch one movie in theaters that comes out this week, it's going to be the next film. But Zombieland Double Tap still looks really good. Zombieland Double Tap gets a 9 out of 11. Alright folks, it is time for the pick of the week. Say it with me if you know it. The pick of the week is called Jojo Rabbit. A young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. And it turns out he has an imaginary friend, Hitler. This stars Taika Waititi from What We Do in the Shadows, Scarlett Johansson from Avengers Endgame, Thomasin McKenzie from The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, Sam Rockwell from Three Billboards Outside Ebby, Missouri, Rebel Wilson from Pitch Perfect, Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones, and Stephen Merchant from Logan. And introducing, okay, what's his name again? Introducing Roman Griffin Davis in his first role as Jojo. Ladies and gentlemen, what's not to like? We have a director that gives us good content. What We Do in the Shadows was amazing. The Hunt for the Wilder People was amazing. Thor Ragnarok was one of the best Marvel movies ever. And he even wrote a couple episodes of Flight of the Concords. What's not to love about him? And this batshit crazy idea that just seems to work. So we have a really good cast. We have a writer and director who has never been bigger and whose stock is only on the rise, and it all comes together to form what I think is going to be an amazingly fun movie. And so far, critics and real human beings are liking this for the most part. I mean, this has a low meta score, but Metacritic. And okay, still Rotten Tomatoes, but even those shriveled scrotums are liking this so far. And if they like it, and people like it, that's a really good sign. I'm super excited for this movie. It looks so, so good. It looks so funny. Like, what kind of idea is this? I really want to read the book this is based off of, because I do not know much about it. Okay, so this is based on a book called Caging Skies by Christine Leonins, I think. And from the basic premise, it doesn't seem like much was changed. But let's face it. The main reason to see this movie is to see Taika Waititi playing Hitler. This is a film where all signs point to it being a good movie. Great and award-winning? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. Enjoyable? Fun? Worth your time? F*** yes. Jojo Rabbit gets an 11 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take our final break before we get into the question of the week and then send you along your way to the other great shows in the network. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. 
why we're single, popular culture, and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. All right, and we're back. If you do not remember, the question from two weeks ago is which movie from the past few years do you have no interest in seeing? All right, my future friends, uh, you know what actually I'm going to do? is I waited too long to ask the two usual question answerers, Brian Q and Evan, what their answers were. So instead, I'll get their answers for next week. I'll give y'all another chance to answer that question and to give you a new question. So another reminder, two weeks ago, the old question, which you can still answer at any time, is which movie from the past few years do you have no interest in ever watching? And the new question, let's have fun with this one, actually inspired by Maleficent, which movie villain would you like to star in their own movie? And it doesn't have to be a Disney villain. Uh, It doesn't have to be a comic book villain. It doesn't have to be anything. It could be any villain from any movie getting their own starring role. So have fun with that one. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode 153 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'm sorry we had such a big break, but I do hope you understand why. And I will see you next week, hopefully on time, since that one special person who keeps me on task will be back. So until then, let us close this show with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as any podcast app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. All the stars possible. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, which are also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Support the friends of the shows whose ads you've heard during this episode. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.